I want to speak to you about a topic that really is quite unknown to most of us, even in our fundamental Bible-believing Baptist churches. In fact, I gave the outline to Brother McVaney, and let me mention the tent meeting as well, but uh, I contacted him, and he contacted me, and his wife's going to have her baby soon and everything, and um, just... um, He'd never heard of this that I know of, and I gave him the whole outline. And uh, it's a fellow by the name, I don't think I'm even saying the word right, but I've preached on it before. But Nashon, I call him Nashon. And he's a relative married into, uh, married his sister, the great high priest Aaron. And I'd like to uh, mention some firsts. He was, when I'm doing this, I'm eliminating, of course, a few others like Moses. But... In many ways, I believe he's, he's first. He's right up there uh, leading the way in so many things, even in being a type of Christ, being in the lineage of Christ, and just so many things. And, and so few of us have heard of him. And I'd like to preface my message because many have said that he was the first one to put his foot into the Red Sea. And it opened up there. That's Jewish history. That's not in the Bible, okay? Okay. And so I heard this sermon that was preached at Tabernacle Baptist Church down in Greenville, South Carolina, uh, by, I'm trying to think, uh, what's his name? It begins with H at the end. Uh, Harrison. Uh, and I heard of him for years. In fact, I believe our brother Shane Seymour was in the school there, and he wrote him a letter about how the school was going down and failing. And uh, he, he wrote him a nice letter back and said, thank you for your kind remarks, and we'll try to shape up that things and get things straightened around. D.M. Hardison, that's who it was. And great old-timer. And he preached this sermon at Tabernacle. And when, after I heard that they gave me the tape, I believe it was, or I'd never been able to get it all. And uh, so... He stated the fact that he had checked with some Jewish people, some rabbis, and asked them about the fact, that, was there anything to this fact that, uh, that Nashon was the first one to put his foot in the Red Sea? And so I, he, he got an affirmative thing on that. They said yes. So then I called over here about 10 years ago or more, to our fort and checked with the Jewish chaplain. And he said, you're saying his name wrong. But yes, that is absolutely true. We Jews believe that Nashon was the first one to put his foot into the Red Sea. I know that the Bible says that Moses held out his rod and God caused the storm and everything. I mean, the wind to blow and I'm not discrediting. Oh, I would not discredit the Bible. I would rather discredit uh, Jewish history. Hello? But uh, to me, it's kind of exciting to think of how many many places in the Bible with so few words said about him that he becomes really an important person in the Bible. And we can learn some great lessons because it seems like he was first in just about everything. 
And we need some people who want to be first. I remember when I was on the swimming team up at Hutch Tech High School, and all our training was so that we'd win. <laughs> I mean, we, we did not train to come in second. We, came, we trained and trained and trained, and, and we, because we had a great coach, we won almost everything. And we even broke the record for the medley relay that I was in. I was swimming the orthodox breaststroke, and we broke the city record. And uh, I don't know if it's still standing. I doubt it, but it was great and exciting then. And we had fellows there that would go down to the YMCA after they'd swim all day in, in the pool at Hutch Tech High School. We had a pool right in, the, right in there. You better have it inside up in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> Amen? You don't go trying that out in the, in the Lake Erie, that's for sure. Anyhow. And uh, they'd go over to the YMCA and swim half the night. And they're the ones that broke all the records. And, and two of those, one of those fellows, exactly, maybe two of them, in my medley, four, four of us swimming, uh, Andy Dales, he broke all kinds of record, records. And so we, we want to be first, though. When I played tennis, I didn't, I didn't like to lose. I, I wanted to win. And so here we are with a man who seems to be first in just about everything. And I'd like to state, first of all, that he was first in his offering that he presented. All the 12 tribes, he was first in his offering. I, I thought as I was preparing this, I said, we always have the, the point of the offering down at the end. I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just start where the Lord's impressing me. I'll start with the offering on top. So if I lose you on the first point, too bad. <laughs> I've always said for years, if you don't give right, you don't live right. And in my early ministry, I didn't preach on tithing much. But I think I was remiss in that. I think I was wrong in that. Because God doesn't need your money, but you need to give your money to God or you're losing a blessing. And there, there are missionaries, really, if you obey the Lord and give to missions above your tithes and offerings, then what? People will hear. If you don't obey the Lord, they won't hear. So we'll give account of young men, old men, middle age. We're going to give account for every dollar bill that goes through our fingers. And even that's before you're saved. I believe even sinners ought to tithe until they know the God who they're tithing to. Hello, amen. Some of us were reading his Bible before we knew the God of the Bible. We teach our children to pray to a God that they don't know, and then they come to know him through Jesus Christ. Amen? Don't you? And we should teach our children to tithe. That's 10%. And off the gross or the net, I don't know. If they, took enough of the, if they took enough out of your taxes, you wouldn't have anything to give at all. So I don't know about all that. And so I would make a big, you better tithe and just obey the Lord. And he says, the first fruits of all Thine increase, not the leftovers. No leftovers for Jesus. Amen? Nashon was first in his offering. The tribe, he was the leader, the head of the tribe of Judah. Well, I'll give you a couple verses of Scripture here to get us going. And then we'll see that every one of these tribes they gave, and they gave the exact same offering that Nashon gave to God 
because Nashon was of the tribe of Judah. And by the way, our lovely Lord Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And yet he was the high priest of our profession. Well, the priests only come from the Levites, Levitical tribe. Yes, but Jesus is, he's our priest and he's our king. Amen. The kings came from, and by the way, he's of the lineage of, you know, Christ comes through the lineage of David. You see, David the king, the tribe of Judah, the kingly tribe. And so, by the way, just to throw a little extra in here, uh, Saul was not of the tribe of Judah. Saul was of the tribe of Benjamin. What a mess he was. Amen? That's a different sermon, okay? Anyhow, you better be born right is what it speaks about. You better be born right, amen, and get right and stay right. Boy, that had preached this morning too, wouldn't it? Okay, we're going to talk about Nashon. He gave of his offerings. Look at Numbers chapter, I'm trying to use two Bibles here. You pray for me. I, I have my old one here, but it's fallen apart. It's just plumb fallen to pieces. And so is my Bible book cover. So I've got a new Bible, so I'm going to have to bring a couple of them to the pulpit with my new Bible in it, and I'm having a hard time finding my way around, though. So uh, just pray with me, and I'll try to use two of them for a while, and then I'll kick out of the old one into the new one and just bring one. This is big enough. I ought to only bring one. This Numbers 2, verse 1. Numbers 2, chapter 2 and verse 1. And then we'll go over to Numbers chapter 10, verse 14. And so if you would, stand with me just in honor to the Word of God. We've already given the introduction. So cheer up. Amen. You that like just a preview and you like sermonettes. We don't give too many around here. Boy, our evangelist last week didn't give us any sermonettes at all, did he? Brother, what he called says, 90-some minutes, wasn't it? 99 minutes, one of his sermons. I'll tell you that one on whatever night that was about digging a pit to the bottomless pit. Whoa! If you weren't here, get the tape. We'll just raid the whole uh, CD system, amen? Any one of you who want a tape on that message this morning. That'll be your gift for coming and visiting with us. Never heard such preaching in your life. We had two souls get saved that night. What a tremendous message. The first night he he destroyed all this stuff here and it was all over the place and we didn't get half of the message, but we did get that one, didn't we? I think we finally calmed him down and had him put some of this wiring under his shirt or something and settled him down a little bit. We need that exciting preaching. It was unbelievable. I thought we had Doug Thompson back with us again. Man, he was out there in the congregation up and down the aisles just like a madman, but it was great. Much scripture, quoting much wonderful scripture, and every message was good and precious and godly and beneficial. But that one, if you want to get it, you can get it. It won't cost you a penny. If you want to put an offering in, you could, but you wouldn't have to. Put it in the plate to help out. But boy, y'all ought to get that CD. I think after a while you could get them all together, brother. Amen. We don't want to put too much on Brother Hamlin, but if you leave, we're going to get everything out of you we can get before you leave, brother. (laughs) 
thank God for his expertise and the beautiful tapes. Some of you don't know you're visiting. We have some of the best music in the whole country. And our brothers helped to mix it. Beautiful. Amen? Beautiful. Some of the people down at my son's church, Stephen's church, said, that sounds like it's done by a professional music outfit. To God be the glory. Amen? <laughs> Thank God for sending us him by. I wished, I wished he wouldn't have to go to that recruiting school and he could just stay here and they, the government could wake up and do right. Amen. Not move everybody away from us here. All right, you found your place. Numbers chapter 2, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the ensign of their father's house far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. And then... And on the east side, toward the rising of the sun, shall they of the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashon, the son of Amminadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah. And then it gives the number of how many and so forth. Turn with me to Numbers 10, verse 14. Numbers 10 A few pages over, verse 14. It says, in the first place. You see that? In the first place went the standard of the camp of the children of Judah. According to their armies, he was a soldier of soldiers. And over his host was Nashon, the son of Amminadab. Well, let's read that verse together. Verse 14 of chapter 10 of Numbers in unison. There's not very many punctuations, but where where it is, we'll stop and pause a little. In the first place went the standard of the camp of the children of Judah, according to their armies. And over his host was Nashon, the son of Amminadab. Our Father, we pray for thy blessing on this message. We thank thee for helping us even with the introduction We pray that it was sufficient to give us some some kind of understanding and even to cover the first point about giving. Help us, Lord. We pray it would be a blessing to every heart. For those that are not saved, that they'd realize that first place, they must be born again. They must come to Christ to start their Christian life. Or they'll be last forever. They'll never be first at anything. Spiritual. They must be born again first. We pray thy blessing now. May we as believers get much from this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We have here a man, and he was first in another portion of Scripture. We do not have time to read it. But look up Nashon in your Strong's Concordance. And you can find all these scripture portions about him. There's two different spellings on that. So if you have any problem with it, let me know about it. Or your regular concordance in the back of your Bible. Or your proper names, I should say. 
But your Strong's Concordance will have every one of the times, every time that Nashon is mentioned in the whole Bible will be in your Strong's Concordance. So just look it up, and you can get all these precious, wonderful verses of Scripture. He was first in his offering, and it was a good offering. It was an offering that pleased the Lord. It was an offering to God, and he was first in his offering. Secondly, he was first in the fight. He was the, of the tribe of Judah, and the first one mentioned, and he was the leader. He was the commander-in-chief of the whole tribe of Judah. And then all the other tribes fell in line behind him. So it just stands to reason that he would be the first one to give his offering, and that every of the other 11 tribes, they all gave exactly the same offering that he presented to the Lord. It was pleasing to God. He's the first one to be in the battle. As they were marching in their, their camp, here's our fellow Nashon leading out. He's related through marriage. His sister married Aaron, the high priest. So, there's one thing, and I don't have time to get in all that, but she had to be a virgin. Hello? Because the Bible said that the, the priests... They, they were not to not take a, a divorced woman and so forth, you know. And so you know she was a impeccable. She was a pure girl. She was a virgin. Because Jesus is our high priest. Amen. And what? White and clean. Amen. We're going to be arrayed in fine linen, white and clean. We're his bride. Well, anyhow. So what I'm saying, his Aminadab, so he's got, is his father, he had a godly home. And you know what he named her? He named his daughter God of the Oath, or God Heareth. And then Nashon's name, let me see. Nashon's name meant like divine, divineth. In other words, or enchant, enchantment. In other words, that which is, is from, from a different world. In other words, divineth. You remember how Joseph said, that the, the, his brothers around the table there in Egypt and how he sat them and they didn't know, you know, he was hidden. He was a, an Egyptian and he had his garb and they didn't recognize him. It had been so many years. And by the way, it had been how many years? From 17 years old when they lost Saul and sold him into slavery until about 30 years old he took the throne. And they didn't recognize him. And they said, well, it, it's unbelievable because he stuffed the, the things into the, their bags and so forth. You know what I'm talking about? The money. He returned their money to them. And then they were talking with each other. And then they came out. And then he sat him at the table at the last when he finally revealed himself to them. I believe it was that time. And he, they said, well, he, he divineth. He, he, he's, like, he's like God. That's the very name of Nashon. And Aminadab knew that when he named his son Aminadab and when he named his daughter Elishabah. And Elishabah married Aaron, the high priest. So, to tell you the truth, her brother-in-law, his sister's brother-in-law was Moses. His sister-in-law was Miriam. We'll get into that later. But first of all, he was a man who was first in fight. He was the first one that was going to go to battle out there leading his men. That's the kind of soldiers we need in this day and age. Amen? Leading the way. And then he was first in faith. Here he is out there, willing to trust God with his life as they go to battle. 
for his nation, and his nation was a spiritual nation. God had raised up Israel. His nation was a spiritual one. And in the middle, by the way, all the tribes were around the tabernacle, you recall. There were three tribes on one, three tribes, three tribes, and three tribes. And in the middle was the tabernacle where the Shekinah glory dwelt, where the Holy of Holies was, and the holy place, and where all the sacrifices were offered, and the blood was shed there as they came through the door, and Jesus said, I am the door. No preacher, no priest is a door. Jesus is the only door. He's our high priest. And you had to come in that tabernacle through the door. They only had one entrance, through the door. And Jesus said, I am the door. So he was a man of faith, willing to let his life be on the line. And then he was first in, in, in a miracle. If that be true, and if he was the first one to put his foot into the Red Sea, as history, the Jewish history tells us, because that's what that Jewish chaplain told me. And then the other one told D.M. Hardison, and he was the first in a miracle. I know it was the God of glory that performed the miracle. Nashon didn't perform any miracle, but he was the first in a miracle. If he did, if he was the first one, put his feet into the Red Sea. Glory be to God. They did that at, at the River Jordan later too, thank you, when they went into the promised land. And so we have here, and then he was, in, he was first in family. He was in the first family. He married into royalty, glory be to God. I mean, Aaron was the high priest. And then you know what she had? His sister had Nadab and Abihu, Eliezer and Ithamar, the sons that, that took over when Aaron died, finally. And the younger sons took over when Nadab and Abihu offered strange fire before the Lord. So some of God's pure, pure mothers have to suffer grief, don't they? Because of the sins of her two sons. Strange fire, and God sent his fire out and consumed them. Living for God is not always easy, is it? Amen? God said, don't you even grieve, Aaron. You keep doing the work. Though your two boys were rebels, and most likely they were drunk, because the Bible gives an admonition right after that, that they were not to drink alcohol when they went into the tabernacle. God says they were not to do it. Most likely, Nadab and Abihu were drunks. And that was the two sons of Aaron and precious virgin earlier on. Hello? Pure as pure can be from a good godly home. Amen? Elishabah, Nashon's sister. He was in the first family. Amen. He got in, in a sense, and then put over this, because even, our, even David did this with his people, and even did our Lord Jesus Christ. His half-brothers were used of God. You have to do research on all that. Amen. I don't understand all these Jameses and Judes and all the rest. I don't understand. Sometimes they have the same name, and I have to figure out, and I don't even know who they are. But I'm telling you, just like David used many of his relatives in his conquests, as his soldiers and everything else, so did our lovely Lord Jesus, our impeccable 
perfect, sinless son of God used his relatives. Amen? His half-brothers. Well, amen. We're, he's our elder brother now. We're all in because, of, and we're sons of God by faith in Christ Jesus. I don't understand all that. But he had no, he had no blood brother. Hello? They were all his half-brothers. Amen. Was his mother. I was talking to a fellow just the other day, and he, he, he said, and he, he acted like he was a Christian. And he's some kind of strange religion. He was a strange-looking character as well over there in Harker Heights. Had one of these turbans, you know. Maybe you'll see him over at Harker Heights. Pray for him if you see him there. As I started talking to him, he talked real nicely. I know I've already brought that up, but talked real nicely until I mentioned the virgin birth. And then he was still trying to pacify me. I said, was Jesus Christ virgin born or wasn't he? And he said, well, this, this. I said, I said you're wrong and your whole religion is wrong. It's a real weird old religion. I mean, what is it, Rosh? What is it? Voskrucianism, whatever. He said that this other fellow was Jesus. I said, no, he's got the wrong name. And so, you know, when they really get upset with you, I said, sir, you're going to burn in hell. That's where you're going to burn. You're going to go to hellfire and burn forever, and I don't want you to go. That's why I've been talking to you. I said, I don't want you to go. I love your soul. I want you to be saved, but you're going to burn. I told my neighbor that the other day, and he's brought me more greens after I told him that than before. So maybe I ought to, I mean, he's not going to be long for this world. I said, George, you're going to hell. You're going to burn, George. Well, I got his attention. He was standing there so long that his dog almost got ran, run over down there, and his wife came out of the house wanting to crown George. I thought, that's a good idea. George, she said, George, get that dog. <laughs> it was exciting. Anyhow, soul winning is always exciting, whether they receive or they reject. But pray for that man over there. He got so upset with me. Listen, I said, I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. He was born of a virgin, a, a woman had never been touched by a man. He wanted to go through all this stuff. Well, we can do that today. I said, I don't believe a word of what you're saying. I don't believe a word of it. You don't believe Jesus Christ is virgin burn, you'll burn in hell. I don't care who you are. Amen. That is a Bible doctrine. And you maybe don't know about it earlier and you can be saved. Hello. But when you know about it, you will not reject it if you're saved. I don't care what anybody says. And that poor man, he needs to be saved. We don't want him to go to hell. Does any, anybody in here want him to go to hell? Anybody want George to go to hell? My neighbor? Amen. I don't want him to go to hell. God doesn't want him to go to hell. He doesn't want to go to hell, but the problem is he doesn't believe in hell. Well, maybe he believes it a little bit more after I talk to him. He's already had one heart attack. He's not long for the world. So I looked into his eyes the other day. He's getting old. Pray for George. He's the same one that when we had our singing over there, came out and was so appreciative of the music at Christmas time. The Christmas carols. He was so appreciative to stand there. Pray for George. Some of you know him. Do you all know, know what I'm talking about? That big fella? He came out many a times. He came over to stand with Mrs. Kano right there. And uh, he needs to be saved. By the way, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, you're going to burn in hell too. Hello. Good morning, young man. You better be saved. You better know you're saved, young lady. You'll burn right with the others that don't believe. They're already there. Can you hear their cry? If we get in prayer enough, I think we'd hear their cry. 
Well, you say, how do, how do you stay out of hell? I'm glad you asked. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Trust your church and burn forever. Trust the Christ of the church and you'll go to heaven. Repent of your sin and believe the gospel. Quit trusting your good works. Quit trusting your baptism. Quit trusting your communion. Quit trusting some man. Quit trusting anything but Jesus Christ alone. And come to him and say, I have sinned. I'm lost. I don't know how to be saved. I've tried to save myself, and it's not working. I'm doing what my church tells me, and I still don't have any rest in my soul. So I'm going to jump the whole works, and I'm coming. I want to be saved. And he'll save you. Repent and believe Jesus. Quit tr keep trusting your church, and you'll end up with all the others. Can you hear their cry? They're weeping, wailing. They're gnashing their teeth right now. They're in outer darkness, the mist of darkness forever. They're going around blinded. It seems like blinded because it's the mist of darkness. It's a stinky place, hell. Amen? I thought about preaching my whole sermon on hell this morning. I really prayed about it. God seemed to give me this, but we'll get a little bit of hellfire preaching in here too, amen? That is where you're going, young man, young lady, if you've not repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, I'm trying to be a good little boy, good little girl, or a good middle-aged girl, or middle-aged woman or man. Oh, I'm trying to be a good older, older uh, citizen, senior citizen, man or woman. That will not do it. You're not saved by being, by good works. You're saved by the work of Christ. Repentance and faith in him. And you won't have to go to a stinky place. You can go where the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valley is. Amen? Where every, every day is a day of 24-hour sunlight. And time is no more. But if you go to hell, you're in one. Every day is a bad night in hell. Amen? For there's no daytime there. There's no light there. Jesus is the light of the world. The devil's the father of darkness. And we're going to go by his grace because I repented of my sins at seven, 16 years old at Central New York Baptist Camp. And I was a Methodist, by the way. Amen? They just needed me to be a lifeguard and teach people how to swim. That's all they wanted me there for, but God knew I needed to be there for another reason. I need to be saved. And on Friday night... In August of 1959, Jesus came in my soul. And my sins were taken away. I quit trusting my Methodist religion. I quit trusting my baptism. Oh, I thought I was the best little Methodist on two feet. Because I didn't smoke and drink and, and curse and I, I was still pure. God says, I don't think you're pure at all. You're a sinner. And when I agreed with God, I repented and he saved me. Amen? You say, did you, leave the, did you leave the Methodist church immediately? No. I was just 16 years old. I went back and tried to convert them. And that didn't work very well because I didn't know anything. <laughs> well, did you just leave the church right away? No, I went in the Navy. Amen? Joined the Navy. 
at 18 years old, after I finished high school. Never did leave the Methodist church until I went in the Navy. And then I started seeking out and I found, a, found an independent Baptist church, praise God. Taught the truth. Preached on salvation. Preached on the new birth. Preached on pure, godly living. Thank God for independent Baptist churches. Amen. Even found my wife in a Baptist church. Many good things come from Baptist churches. Amen. Try it. You'll like it. I had to leave the old Methodist church. Their doctrine was not like John Wesley's doctrine. And even John Wesley, I didn't agree with him completely. Amen. But he had the new birth, at least, and pure living. The new modern churches, Methodist churches, and some are sorry to say, the Baptist churches don't even have the way of holiness and how to be saved by God's grace. I still think most of them still do. They still, most of them still preach you must be born again. Thank God for that. Amen? Whether they're independent Baptists like we are or some other Baptists, they do preach it. Thank God they do. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, amen. He got, got in the right family. You better get in the right family. You better get in the family of God. You say, well, I am. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good church member. Well, the Bible doesn't say be a good church member and that'll take you to heaven. Sorry. Well, I'm doing the best I can. No, that won't do it. The best you can isn't good enough for God. Mm-mm. You're a do-gooder. And you need to be made good so then when you do good, it counts. Amen? After you're saved. The Bible says all your righteousnesses are as filthy rags until you come to Christ. My, may God help us to see that our good works will not save us. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of works. Amen? For by grace through faith are you saved, that not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God, friends. Salvation is a gift of God. In Romans, it says the free gift. The free gift. You're trying to work your way to heaven. You must believe your way to heaven. You must repent and believe your way to heaven or you will not go. Listen to me, sinner, this morning. You're not going to get there. Amen? Because that's the way I was going. And I had to turn away from my own ways and my own thinking and my own good works and how good I thought I was unto God's Christ's goodness and God's goodness and repent of my goodness and say, no, my baptism was not good enough. My confirmation at 13 years old was not good enough. They asked me all the right questions at the Methodist Church. I'd gone through these classes and then they, they were going to receive me as a member into the church. I'd already been sprinkled on my forehead as a baby, supposedly baptized. That's not Bible either. Jesus was 30 years old, and Jesus went under the water. Under the water. As a perfect type of what baptism is. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not sprinkling. And my forehead was very clean when I'm sure the preacher put 
because I was in my best when mom brought me as a little baby. My forehead didn't need to be cleaned up anymore. Amen? And I'm not making fun of them. That's the wrong kind of baptism, and baptism doesn't save you anyhow. Jesus never baptized one person, even under the water. It says so in John 4, though Jesus himself baptized not. So how could baptism save anybody when Jesus is the Savior? He'd have been baptizing everybody. His disciples baptized. John the Baptist baptized. But Jesus didn't baptize one person that we know of. Not one. Because salvation is not by baptism. It's by grace through faith alone. Amen? And then the communion. There is no salvation in the communion. This do in remembrance of me. Amen? It is a remembrance feast. To remember his broken body and his shed blood. That's what communion is. And the Bible says, if you've never discerned the Lord's body, you shouldn't partake of communion at all because you're not saved. I would never take of communion again until you know you're saved, mom and daddy, boy and girl. Don't partake. There's no salvation in it anyhow. Amen? But the Bible says you're eating and drinking damnation to yourself, not discerning the Lord's body. You don't discern that he died for you, that you were buried with him in, in a spiritual thing. You come up in newness of life. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. If you're a believer, you ought to partake of the communion. If you're a believer, you ought to be baptized after you get salvation straight now. But don't get the cart before the horse. It'll mess the whole thing up. The horse wasn't made to push the cart. He was made to pull the cart. Amen? I th- this is good for our kids because some of them are not saved yet. Amen? And you have to repent of your sin and put all your faith in Jesus Christ and then your sins will be gone. Hey, and you'll know it too. When I got saved, I knew I was a new person in Christ. I came home and mom said, is this my boy Jack? He had saved me. I was a good little boy before. Mom thought I was. Anyhow, I was a pretty good little boy. I was trying to do right. I really was. I was trying to be religious. I was trying to do right. I did not want to disobey my parents, my dad or mom. I didn't want to. I still wanted to get into mischief, though, with a couple of my friends. But I really, I did not love evil things, and I was still lost. But, oh, mom mom says, is this our boy, Jack? And dad dad said, uh, dad was going to take me to a psychiatrist, find out what was wrong with me, because unsaved people don't understand saved people. I came back preaching and witnessing to everybody. And he went to this Methodist preacher about me. He said, do you think, do you think we can get him back to normal? Huh? I don't know what's wrong with my boy. I never, they never took me to a psychiatrist. They were talking about it. My mother said, uh, Dad says, well, I think he'll change. And Mom said, I don't think he'll change. And you know what? I, I didn't change at all. I'm, she's 85 now, and I'm 62 just last week. Amen. And I'm so glad I'm saved. And my father understood before he died. A couple of years, he trusted my Savior too. He got born again. Mom was right though, and Dad was wrong at that time. Back in 59. Thought I'd gone crazy. 
because I started loving Jesus and loving that Bible. They say, Jack, get off your knees. You're going to get arthritis in your knees down there in the basement, that damn basement. Ah, you won't come out of the bedroom and, and watch the TV with us. Too holy, I guess. I know you think we're all a bunch of sinners. Something I don't know. I was too interested in reading my Bible. God was preparing me to preach and witness and be clean. And I didn't want to watch that old TV all the time. I was a new creature in Christ. Amen? Before my dad died, he was proud of his preacher son. Proud that he'd received Christ. Some nurse in the hospital talked to him, and then he started listening down at the, down at the Peace Bridge on the radio to a radio preacher and got saved. Mom said he'd jump out of the car because he was listening in the car in the radio, and he'd run into the house to hear the rest of the sermon. <laughs> that wasn't my dad when he was taking me to the taking wanting to take me to a head shrinker. Hello, wondering what's wrong with me, Dad. It, that, see, there came a change in his heart. He got in the sword of the Lord for a number of years that I sent to him. He thought John and Rice was a nice man. Little did he know. J. Frank Norris said that he was the sweetest man, that John R. Rice was the sweetest man that ever scuttled a ship and slid a throat. He's talking about spiritually, of course. Anyhow, he was first in his name. It meant diviner, uh, enchanter, oracle. He was first in the type of Christ. He was in the tribe of Judah like Jesus. And then his sister married the high priest. And his brother-in-law was the great Moses and Miriam. And then he was first in greatness. He was renowned. One of the commentaries said. And then he was first in his genealogy, and we're almost through here. In his genealogy, it says that, that his son, Nashon's son, was Salmon, and he married Rahab the harlot. And their children came down to the lineage of Christ. You'll see in Matthew that Nashon is in the lineage of Christ. And so is his son Salmon. And so is Rahab. One of the four or five women that are in the lineage of Christ. He was at the first post of honor in the camp. He was the one whom the Lord delighted to honor. <laughs> Amen. I just want to throw another one in there. He was first in strength. Don't hear about anything weak about Nashon. Amen. He was out in front of them all. We're going out against the forces of the world, amen? And I, God has put me first in place. He was an honorable man. May God help us to first be saved and then want to be something good for, and glorious for God. Faithful to the Lord. Faithful to the Christ. Let's bow for prayer. Our Father and our God, we thank Thee for Thy wonderful word. Pray Thy blessing upon it, O God. Help us to be like Nashon, for he was like the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name and in his position, in his giving of his means, in his leadership, a wonderful type of Christ. And then even in his lineage, in his genealogy, what a 
wonderful man and how he must have been so thrilled beyond compare when his sister, Elisha, was chosen to be the wife of the high priest, Aaron, Moses' and Miriam's brother. Our father, he was an honored man. We thank thee for it. I'm sure, Lord, he was diligent. We don't see that here. We really don't see strength, and, but we see most all of the rest, our Father. We definitely see in giving and leading, and we pray that we would be such. We pray if there's one here without Christ, they'd realize the awfulness of the place called hell and avoid that place and come to Christ this morning. And dear Lord, help them not to try to figure everything out, but to come just as they are without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come. May they, dear Lord, do as my mother's favorite verse, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. May those that are without Christ this morning, may they find him precious to them like he's become so wonderful and precious to me and to all of us who've really repented and truly been born from above. Dear Lord, may we this morning quit, or this afternoon our Father, quit trusting our baptism. May we quit trusting church membership. May we quit trusting tradition. May we quit trusting the communion cup or the bread. May we trust the true bread who shed his true blood on Calvary and exercise faith and repent and simply trust Jesus alone for salvation. And then we that are believers, may we be strong like Nashon. May we learn to lead. If we're not able to follow, Lord, how in the world are we going to learn to lead? He must have had a time earlier when he was a good follower for he was put into an unbelievably great leadership capacity help us Lord to lead in our example as well of church attendance and faithfulness to thee in prayer and everything that is put before us help us Lord to do our best until thou dost take us home to be with thee we pray in Jesus name now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a moment let me ask you a question as our instrumentalists come, song leader comes. We would wonder, are you sure you're saved this morning now? Jesus loves you very much. He did not come to condemn you. He came to save us. He loves us. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why don't you make this your day of repentance, true repentance, forsaking of self and your own thinking, your own ways and your own churchianity and turn to Christ and not trust anything but Him and His shed blood and His work on the cross to save you and come and receive the gift of God which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We ask you to come and, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved.
Receive him. He's the gift of God. Salvation is through and by him alone. No one else. Forsake all else and trust Christ 